0: Hi, you are watching On The Town with Tanya. Welcome back. Uh, thank you for watching with us another, uh, another week. We appreciate you. I'm your host, Tanya Cooper. Uh, this week, our guest is from New Rochelle. Uh, he's a New Rochelle native that has recorded an album, worked in human resources field for over 12 years. He is an addiction specialist, trained in family development and counseling, and is currently pursuing a degree in social work. He's a man of many talents, And calling and callings, but his most important being an elder in his church and pursuing his call as a preacher of the gospel. Please welcome Richard Adams Adamson II. Welcome,
1: hi. How are you? How are you? How are you? Good, good. An honor to be here, uh, reconnecting with you again.
0: Yes, it's been a while. You, you, uh, you, and I have met. uh, How long ago? We were trying to decide. Oh
1: man, it has to be at least fifteen years.
0: Wow, that's when you had put uh, out an I, I, I album. It. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, that's with well, an album that we did put out where you did the interview. I think that was it was back then.
0: Yes, it's been that long. So we'll we'll talk a little. We'll go into a little bit of that in a minute. Yeah, I'm sorry, uh, but about. so you are a man of many talents and gifts. Uh, but but God's always first. I see. So that's a yeah. good thing. Um, so that's not new to you. Um, you know, being a man of God. In fact, didn't you grow up in the church? Right. Let's go back to the beginning. You grew up in the church, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah I grew up in church and um you know the teachers of the bible and moral moral understanding um was always something that was taught to me as a, as a child um it's just that when um I became of age i had I had to make the decision for myself what I believe and that's what my family my family kind of always instilled that in me that you have to make the decision for yourself what you believe you can't do something because your ma- your mama did it or your father did it.
0: Absolutely. Well, what, what was it like growing up being a, the son of a preacher?
1: Um, it was, it was really, really hard because sometimes like when you're a part of a um, a particular social group, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, you, get, you get linked into categories um, that, you know, and you you kind of get robbed of your individuality a little bit. And I think that's what happened to me. Mm-hmm. There's always that stigma of, of preaching children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I was you know a preacher's that? kid. Hmm?
0: I was a preacher's kid. I don't know if I oh, was okay. I, I didn't know that. My wow. father was a minister. So seven wow. years old. I was in the church probably like three or four days a week. I mean mm-hmm. like, <laughs> 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 school Bible study. Yeah
2: yeah yeah <laughs> the, the, uh, oh, excuse me the Usher
1: board right mm-hmm. it's like, it's uh, it, yeah.
2: Yeah, but yeah
1: it was yeah i mean it, it it was it was tough though because um people a lot of times with the exception of people in my immediate inner circle a lot of people don't take the chance to get to know you they just they put you in a category like i've had people say to me oh yeah you're this child i, I know i know how they are and um i kind of had to fight for my individuality right which was painful because nobody wants to fight to be an individual.
0: No, no, it's already hard anyway, but that's, uh, I never thought about it that way that you're fighting for your individuality. Cause I'm trying to think, I mean, I guess a lot of people, well, cause I was a foster kid. It was kind of a blessing mm-hmm. in disguise. Cause maybe that's why the, only the church people knew that I'm a pre-K's kid, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, but so the standards are high and expectations yeah. are high. Um, but um, I didn't, I mean, I didn't mind. I don't know why it didn't, didn't bother me as much as I'm sure it, it, well it did when it came to dating that that was
1: lack of <laughs> that wasn't happening. Yeah, yeah I mean
0: that's <laughs> oh, your date.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, I mean, some aspects of it didn't bother me because I, I I enjoyed the structure that I had. Um, I guess it just bothered me um because it came with a lot of demands. And when you're born into something like that, mm-hmm. like when you're born into a or, or any of any or face of any type,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, you're not born into it being that you're born into it as what your as the culture of your family or what the people in your family practice, but right. you have actually not come to terms with what you are.
0: Yes, because you're know, helping.
1: Yeah, and so people put the demands on you before you even know who you want to be. Absolutely, that's I guess that's what was painful for me. Sometimes people can maybe use your own faith or your own religion or family's religion to kind of put you in a religious box. Yeah, while they live how they feel like living. Yes, you know what I mean. So, yeah.
0: I I totally get what you're saying, and I I know even when um somebody like Kurt Franklin came out with um with his um version of gospel, people were like, oh my God, sacrilege, and I was like, no, it's not. I think God would be quite pleased that He's bringing these young people in left and right. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes we have to um. Step out of what everybody else expects of us and do what God tells us to do. Because if you do what He tells you to do, it's always going to be right.
1: You know, oh yeah, I mean, yeah. There's always I'm sorry. There's always a decency in order how you have to do things. Yeah. Um. Any of us could put something together and say, "Oh, this is God." But my thing is, um, if you're following God, the easiest way is to follow God. You'll know what to do.
0: Mm, that's exactly what. So what? What exactly led you to ministry? Between the time that I talked to you, making the album. And and now,
1: um, <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, I know the, I know the I, answer.
0: i have to say that music is a, uh, in my opinion, music is a form of ministry. So yeah. usually, I, I know I heard your um, your CD years ago, and uh, it was powerful, and it had a message to it. So I I believe that music is a form, another form of ministry. I mean, some people might
1: choose to use it that way, but you you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, uh, so um, I mean, I mean, um. What led me there was a lot of things. I mean, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When I was a child, I knew there was something different about me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't always embrace that difference right away. It, it, sometimes it made me uncomfortable because when you're a child, mm-hmm. you do want to fit in with everybody else because, you know, that's a part of the group you are. But um, what led me there was God's call.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I can't. It, it's, there were so many times in my life where. I had experiences where I heard him calling me mm-hmm. and um, I didn't always answer right away, mm. but I knew I had this burning urge to deliver a message. Mm. And a lot of people have remembered me from school and from when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I was always joking. That was a form of ministry.
2: Mm-hmm. Like yeah.
1: something in me just said people know. Yeah. But then it was a serious part of me that was to have a message.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's how I kind of got uh, caught up in the right you know, because because contrary to popular belief, people probably believe I wanted to be famous, right, or popular. But I got into rap because I had this message I wanted to get out of here, right. So with in ministry, especially after me and you, God came to me. And was like, I do have a message. I, I need you to speak, but you're not going to do it here. here.
2: Mm. And,
1: and he kind of sent my wife as a catalyst to um, help me in in, in, uh, as a a component to help me get there.
2: Mm,
0: We'll talk about that too. That's Mm -hmm. amazing. So so your wife led you to this. What what is it like uh in two two thousand I was gonna say two thousand twenty. Two thousand it is two thousand twenty. I have to remember what year it is. Uh, Uh, What is it like being a Christian preacher um preacher in today's time with all the challenges that we face and You know, the young people, um, people set in their ways. What is that? What kind of chat? What is that like?
1: Well, it's very scary. I mean, we're no longer living in a time where where being a preacher brings you prestige Mm -hmm. and favor. We're living in a time where people hate preachers. They they hate uh, Christianity Mm -hmm. um, for a lot of reasons because people use religion. To their advantage you know the Bible keeps the false prophet false teachers all the time yeah so when you're that like i've had to go into jails and preach
2: mm-hmm. and
1: preach in the street that's actually where the ministry started for me in the street mm-hmm. and in the street it's not like in the church no absolutely not where like if they don't like you they're not going to expand. to be nice. mm-hmm. so i'm i'm gonna say that honestly it's a scary time to be a minister of the gospel now. Now, if God called you, he could sustain you mm. to fulfill um the calling, but it's a scary time.
0: Wow. Because
1: people are are so willing to express hatred now. And so, you know, there's a possibility that I could be hurt. There's a possibility of you know this violence against religious people right Yes.
0: There, uh, uh, I get with you. Well, you know, back in the way back in the day, um when ministers got it rough because uh they they were able to gather people and they didn't like that. Back in the way back, back to the eighteen hundreds, it was a bad thing. So, right. so uh, we're living in
1: a time where they don't want anymore th- or anything like that. Yeah. Well, you
0: know what? I always say, and they say it's not over to the fat lady sings. I always say it's not over to God sings.
1: There you go.
0: That's my my famous
1: saying. He, he made yeah. the fat lady.
0: Yeah, exactly. There you go. He made her. So he's right. He's right. And that's it. Um. So, so being um, it, so, ha- so it's been challenging as a man of the cloth. Uh, now, are you still in the music career? That's what I meant to, as a music business, I meant to ask you in that, in, a, in that realm. And if you are, is it challenging as a man of the cloth to manage your career uh, or even just human services and entertainment and ministry or just human services? Cause I think you answered it sorta, of, but but it is still, um, it is still a, a separate question technically because, mm-hmm. you know, there's challenging meaning. Um, like you said, scary time, uh, scary time. Yes, but like there's other challenges that come up, and I'm just wondering um, yeah. what those could be. So, or, or you mm-hmm. know, in one one thing and two top opposite things, even though. When you're talking human service, that's a giving, that's a giving field, so that that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure, you know, there's times where there's challenges, um, and it gets exhausting. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Being drained, you know, I I find ministry when you're giving so much, uh, of, of what God tells you to do, and doing so much work, it can mm-hmm. be exhausting at times. You know, uh, so you have yeah. to know how to go re up and re pray up, as they say.
1: Yeah, I mean, oftentimes people see people I mean, have high expectations of me. And people see you in your role, but my wife sees me, when my family sees me when I'm straight up human, if you mm. know what I mean. Right.
2: Um,
1: but as far as being in the music business still, mm-hmm. I'm not in the music business um, mm-hmm. at the capacity I was. Like I'm not rapping anymore. Right.
2: Um,
1: I am still writing music. And I just came together with uh, um, a communication professor who's also a. Um, a, uh, a, a writer, a mm-hmm. uh player, and a singer named uh, Jack Spina. Okay. She's a, she's a um, music artist who sings Tracy Sheldon. And, mm-hmm. and um, her and I, you know, have been talking about the love of God and mm-hmm. she's given me her testimony, I've been a guest on her podcast. Mm-hmm. So um, recently I wrote some songs for her and for us to come together and to kind of express uh, to the world God's love. Right. So, so I'm still writing and creating, but right. I'm just not in it. Um, um I'm I'm just not in it at the at the capacity I was before. Um I, I, I was always in music even when I was in the church. I'm a professionalist. I play drums,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um kungas, bongos stuff like the African drums, Jamba. I, I, um, I love the um the the music, uh the art of expressing through
0: music yes and and that's what i'm going to say well i that that will be one of my ending uh questions but uh, but I'm going to get back to that about um, music and art um and ministry because you know sometimes people think like you can only have one or the other I tend to think that you can have all of the above and I don't think God gives us more talent than he wanted us to express mm-hmm. it may not be the way we wanted to so maybe i do secular music may not be the way but in perhaps this gospel perhaps you went through all that to get to the gospel. You know, yeah, what I mean? true, so the group or whatever. So mm-hmm. I, think, I think it's all relevant. Um, uh, one I, I know you had mentioned once, uh, about anxiety. Uh, since mm-hmm. COVID, a lot of us, a lot of people, including myself, has developed uh, some kind of anxiety. I don't know where it came from. I'm not using anxiety type, but mm-hmm. uh, but it's happened now. Uh, and that's because you know, between the George Floyd and the, the darn uh, COVID and and you know, Brandon Taylor's and the co- protest, I mean, it's just so much stuff that's where nines came from but you mentioned um, your struggle with anxiety can you can you share a little piece of that
1: yeah um my struggle with anxiety actually started way before we even knew what covid was um <laughs> i really don't know what brought it on but in 2016 is when i had my first bout with it and um it came it kind of came feeling like a heart attack
2: Mm. And
1: I was kind of like, I was at work when it happened. I was working in a jail
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, I didn't know what brought it on because I wasn't stressed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the jail environment I'm used to, cause I had been there for so many years working as a mm-hmm. counselor. Um, and, you know, I didn't drink or smoke cigarettes or things of that nature, things that would affect your heart. Mm-hmm. So when I started to get the tightness in my chest and feel dizzy, I was like, confused I said well I don't understand why I'm having a heart attack if that's what it is so right I ended up in the hospital they said nothing was wrong with me and then the same thing happened like two days two or three days later and then that's when they really ran tests on me and sent me to a therapist and then that's when they said this is anxiety and then they they started giving me medicine which I didn't want to continue to take. So I kind of weaned my way off it with the help of the doctors and everything. Nice, Because, you know, the medicine can make you feel sick, too. Now I use natural stuff. But yeah. under under professional guidance, though, I didn't just say right. I'm not taking the medicine anymore. But right. yeah, Um, but That's the right. biggest struggle is, is that in the ever, you know, I was born in the 70s. So in, right. in from what I know, in the African American community, we yeah. did not really know much about anxiety. It's just yeah. life with love. So when people found out I had it, they people would be like, "Well, ain't you a preacher?" Right, exactly. You know, strong, strong, strong black man. Why you, you know, why you struggling with anxiety? But, but again, that's people. Like I told you, that that was always kind of something I went through with being a the son of a preacher. Um, right. People always kind of feel like they, I guess they have more insight on your life than you do. Right. More than you are with your own life. Which I get. People on the outside can have a different view, but I guess they forget that nobody can have the view you have because you're you, right? So, exactly. Yeah. So I had a hard time explaining my anxiety to people. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. I I can imagine. Um. You know, when anytime you're in any kind of position, um. It, you know, and especially when you're like a man of God, a uh, woman of God, um. That that just um. People have these stereotypes that everything's perfect and. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't understand it either. But here's the thing: um, it's a great um, lesson to learn that none of us are above and beyond. And by the grace of God, there you go. I. Mm-hmm. You
2: know?
0: That's that's really that's really. I, I tell people don't. I even my kids. I tell them don't expect like I'm not perfect. <laughs> like I do things that I'm sure I'm not supposed to be doing, what? or that I could have did better. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the difference is I am aware, and I try to correct myself. Um, and it's something like anxiety is something you just can't even help. Like nobody can help that. And I, and I can t- attest that I never had anxiety before and I should have, but being a foster child, I probably should
2: have, mm-hmm.
0: uh, but I never had anxiety like that before. Um, and it came out of nowhere when my brother died. Um, mm-hmm. and I actually was on a highway once had to pull over. Cause every time I saw 18, a- I just freaked out, literally freaked out, could not move. And my dose. like, what's wrong with you? So I had to pull over for two hours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two hours like I was and I, I have no idea to this day. I can't tell you why, except for I just at sometimes I would just start thinking about him and whatever and just in, in yeah. total fear. Um but mm-hmm. I'm glad I went through it because guess what? Yeah. Now um now and I can tell people about it and um yeah. and uh and you know and help them say Look, yeah. even her, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm no one's perfect. There's no one on this earth yeah. that is perfect or d- does not go through something. Um, and if you haven't, then good luck. I mean, please come and please come on this show. I'd like to interview you <laughs> if you never do yeah. anything in your, in your
1: yeah. life is so perfect. Please, I would, you, I will, yeah.
0: I will, I will, I will get you on Oprah. How about that?
1: You know, <laughs> no, I'm but like, that, oh. that hits me when you say that when you talk about your brother dying because that could be, I've explored that because I've had like. Uh, quite a few family members murdered in the street by gangbangers. Uh And oftentimes people, they look at you growing up in the church, um, but they don't realize everybody in your family is not on that path. And so I had a few family members that were my age that were killed by um, gangbangers. Mm. And people like, and and the other stereotype is where I grew up. Like people are shocked that I grew up in New Rochelle and went through that. Mm-hmm. They don't understand that violence is not just in the boroughs. Like there was always tension between Mount Vernon and the Rochelle and right. Yonkers, and and you know one time I guess guys from the Rochelle killed somebody in one of those towns, and they came back. My mm-hmm. family happened to be standing outside and got hit and died, mm. and that was horrible be- for me because I've never robbed anybody, I've never shot anybody, and, and in fact the album that you heard, mm-hmm. I was working for some guys with in, in from Mount Vernon to kind of bring unity. Mm. Um, back to our neighborhoods because, uh, you know, I was affected by it. And a lot of people, I just, it just bothered me how people was just like, oh, well, that happens every day. You know, mm-hmm. I was telling my mentor, you know, um, and, you know, I had a mentor in, in uh, substance abuse counseling. Oh, his, okay. name, his name was Jesse Martin.
2: Okay. Uh,
1: he's from Yonkers, as a matter of fact. And he, mm-hmm. he taught me to craft on mm-hmm. a very rough level. And mm-hmm. so I expressed these things to him
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, um, you know, I guess even even he understood because he, you know, he's from Yonkers, he's from Westchester County mm-hmm. and he sees what goes on a lot of times that doesn't make it on the news. So when you spoke about your brother dying and having anxiety, there were times where I would relive the moment where my family got the phone call. You know, like when one of my cousins got shot to death,
2: mm-hmm. that
1: phone call changed our life forever, especially mine, because it was, you know, the females in my family were affected Mm-hmm. When other, when you're a black man and other black men your age are dying mm. like that yes. kind of makes you wonder how long you have. So exactly, when people look at me as being a Christian,
2: mm-hmm.
1: a lot of times being a preacher's child is hard because they think I just got into it um, because of my dad. But yeah. I had my own pain.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And one of the things I thank God for, this mm-hmm. may sound crazy, is my own regrets. Mm-hmm. The way I came to know that I needed to be saved um mm-hmm. was that I was a sinner. I had problems. Mm-hmm. I got into a lot of stuff that I shouldn't have. I mean, everything is not gang banging and drugs. Like right. I, right. Went, I got into a lot of other sin <laughs> that was no right, good. You right, know. right, right. Yeah, I, I realized that I needed to, you know, to treat women better um right. in my life and do do better and so and allow myself to be treated better. I was, you know, I right. was in abusive relationships. Right. Where I wasn't treated good. So right. you know. So I'm you for talking so much. I'm the son of a preacher. That's
0: okay. I listen. I always say uh, my show is about real people talking about real things to help real viewers that are watching. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we don't have to, we don't always have to be so um, fancy. And sometimes we can go long if we have to. So it's okay. <laughs> um, you know, I, I had, um, I have an awesome yoga coach um, who also is, uh, she's um, known for like international RTT, th- she's an RTP therapist. Mm-hmm. So, she specializes in trauma, PTSD, anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. and even fertility. When I tell you she's off the chain, she's off the chain. Her name is Sat Satvir Kaur. I can never say it. K U R. And she's in in London now, but she does these wonderful Zoom sessions. I mean, she's amazing. And and I and I just for anybody who's out there and that may have anxiety, I want to just put put put. How do you say? What's the word? Promote her her site because, um, it's really good. Emotional dot com. Mm-hmm. E the F and the A are capitalized. Um, it's amazing. Yes. And when I tell you amazing, I mean, so far a hundred percent rate on at everybody who comes to her. Cause she's mm-hmm. that good. And, and, uh, if you, if you ever know anybody, you know, in your ministry, you come up to so her I mean, let me know. I'll, I will definitely, uh, refer them to her because she's that good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just had to share that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's serious, and and most a lot of people, um, you know, they don't have the money for six hundred dollars a session for therapy. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Not it's not a
2: not. lot.
0: <laughs> you you got to come, yeah, you got to come up, or darn good insurance. You got to come up with all that stuff. So you, I've been trying to find other modalities of healing, um, so that you're not stuck one way, and then be like, I I don't have that. I don't have that insurance. I can't get mm-hmm. with that that doctor. So there's always got to be a way. So. Anyway, so your younger years, um, you when well, you know when you was doing music, what was your what was your first influence? Um, was it in the church, being a preacher's kid and here in the gospel choir? Or what was your first influence when you when you you know your younger years? What got you into music in general?
1: My first influence, to be honest with you, was pain. It was pain, mm. you know what I'm saying? Because everything wasn't perfect in our household when I was when we were kids, you know, my father was transitioning from his old lifestyle, he struggled. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: He what I like about him though, he was honest about it. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. um, but outside of the pain, um, the old gospel singers, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because they sang, but I could hear their pain and the experience with God. Mm-hmm. Um and 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 then you had people like I, you know, I ventured out and explored like people like Curtis Mayfield. Mm. Um you know Bobby Womack, uh Marvin Gaye, um the Doobie Brothers, oh, yes. um, the Eagles, people mm. like that.
2: Mm.
1: And um you know, I um I use all of those it, all all of that experience to kind of help me propel me into the type of messenger I wanted to be because more than an artist I I looked at myself as a messenger. When I got behind that microphone and when I sat down to write a song, mm-hmm. I was very aware that, that I had a, a message to send. I mm. was very driven, mm. even to the point where I think it used to irk some of my group members. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, come on, we're gonna write these bars. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of like, we gotta do this because we gotta get this message out there. And, and they were like, who are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> but listen,
0: that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I yeah. think God can call you to do many things. Yeah. Uh, and the one is preach in the pulpit with the Bible and with the message of word, and mm-hmm. another one's word through song and word through rap. I mean, look at somebody like a like a DMX. I mean, I mean some some of his all out like Fire. You know what I'm saying? And it's yeah, still, I, remember
1: yeah. still, I remember him, yeah. Still, but I remember his.
0: Yeah, work. yeah. But I'm saying he has gospel songs. I'm like, I'm so, well, songs on there that could be. I'm like, mm, I don't know, but I think I'll go see God after that. You know, <laughs> so I'm just saying sometimes. Yeah. It, things are not conventional Like not everybody's gonna go uh, uh, You know like you go you know on Sundays we get up And then they say anybody uh, Anybody feels the need to come up and whatever And then they you know you could be, get you Not get baptized but where they do the calling at the end So that's the traditional way um, But then there's people regular Plain old people who say things To people and make them think And then they hear what God has to say So I, Yeah, I'm
2: sorry, there's, go
0: ahead. yeah the, sorry there's no one way You know what I'm saying And so you heard something and knew something, but your heart, um, that was important to you.
1: Yeah. And God just, God just had to mold me, um, into, um, into using it the right way. I think Mm. when I was younger, if you ever hear any of my early work, it it was, it was very aggressive because I really, I had to get something out of me,
2: Mm. but then
1: God, God, um, helped me. And, um, you know, he he just molded me the way I needed to be molded, and my wife was was that buffer as well. Every man, mm-hmm. ev- every man needs the help of a woman. You know, right. what I'm saying? we might be born with gifts, but the, it's, it's the woman that helps us perfect that gift. And yeah. that's you can't run from that. You know what I'm saying? That's why it bothers me when I hear the brothers in my generation when they talk about, you know, they going some, they went somewhere and got knowledge. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden they're smarter than their grandmothers and their mothers. Who prayed for them in the church? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, hold up. We ain't even been with through what they've been through. They right. was on their knees praying for us while we was in the streets mm. playing dancing with the devil. So how 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 good is our knowledge really? Mm. You know what I'm saying? So but that's that's another show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know that's right. Oh hello. Um what why did you decide um to start a label when you did that time? Uh and and I know it's a while ago, and that's uh, do you still have the label?
1: Oh, ESP production, emotional studio production. Yeah. No, no, when I when, when I left, when, mm-hmm. when I went to pursue the gospel, mm-hmm. um, the parting was kind of rough because
2: yes. okay. they
1: could, you know, my producer really couldn't understand what was happening. He had an idea, mm-hmm. but um, no, I parted with the label. Uh, mm-hmm. what made me start the label though is that before I really got my foot in the door, mm-hmm. um, I used to work in promotion and printing, like. The company that I used to work for, SNS Graphics, used to do promotion for Riza, Little Kim. I right. mean, um, artwork for right. Bad boys. And so I met a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But I just saw too much, um, I guess, commercialization. Mm-hmm. Where they were looking for a specific thing. I mm-hmm. wanted to be free. So it would encourage me and my producer to put the money together and become independent mm-hmm. so that we could be free to send our message and, and not be controlled. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's yeah, uh being control is not a good feeling.
0: Yes, absolutely. So, well, that's good that you did that because a lot of people, especially back then, that's been a while. That's been a long while. So that you were kind of ahead of your time, I guess you want to say, uh, mm-hmm. saying I'm gonna take control and do this myself. Um, you you were one of the artists that was on there and songwriters on that label, too, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I was the lead songwriter, co producer, um, manager, and promoter.
0: <laughs> I sound like Puff Daddy. I wrote it to No, who is it? Is it uh Tyler Perry and and a puff I Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. he is the
0: video, he is the video and he
1: wrote yeah, yeah. it. Well, I wouldn't put myself on his level, but I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah no, I, I was the writer uh Mandid Verse yeah. uh aka Michael Puggis was the lead producer and he mm-hmm. wrote to incredibly gifted man and then then you had Hennessy Bugs. That was his real <laughs> That was his name. He we actually signed him late. He mm-hmm. was on the last album. Mm. Wow.
0: Well, you, um, I don't know. I still think you have a musical bug in you, so I don't know what you're going to do with that, but I hopefully you'll do that gospel album. Um, I, yeah. I see you did a lot of things. I see you even pursued boxing. Um, yeah. Your record was what,
1: 52 and 7? Well, 52 and 7 unofficially because I used to do underground boxing. Okay. And then, and then I became an amateur boxer. I fought in the gold.
0: In, in the real show with Rob Thomas and him? That, that? Rob Garish.
1: Yeah. I used to, well, Rob Garish is where I did charity work, okay. but I used to work to raise money, I mean, help raise money for mm-hmm. Foster Kids. Oh, like hey, woohoo! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I helped Rob with his documentary. I was, I was, oh. I actually did an interview in his documentary. Oh, um, I mean, he did it himself, but we we actually fought. Mm-hmm. But I used to box for the Throwaway Kids Foundation.
0: Nice. Yeah, nice. I, used to, I used to box. For. You've been out there doing it. I see. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say. Um, so what else? Let me see. You oh, in two thousand two, you had a small part in the movie Harlem's Beauty.
1: Yeah, yeah, I had a part in the movie Harlem's Beauty. Yep, I was in the yep. comedy scene with the comedian uh Dean Edwards. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you had a small role in the poetry nook. Yeah, the poetry nook, it was a, it was kind of like a gospel skit type stage play show. Okay. That was um that was another acting gig mm-hmm. that, that I had um uh under the uh direction of um Ayana Brown. She's the artist that she's the author that wrote the book The Other Woman. You should okay. check out that. that's a beautiful that's a woman I will check that out for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. What else? Let me see. You um you had a role a uh, small thing in uh movie movie Shadowlands in 2018 as a police officer?
1: Yeah Shadowlands I played a police officer It's uh Dennis Dennis Polanco um was the producer and, and the director um and I actually connected with him through one of the actors um mm-hmm. Poetry Nook. Um yeah but I, I played a police officer mm-hmm. in in, in that version of Shadowlands, I, there's actually an old version. It's a different movie, but it has the same title, Shadowlands, in 1980s. Mm-hmm. I think Fade. on the way was it was in. I'm not sure. Yeah. Could have been. It could be Omero Street. One of them. I don't know. I'll check <laughs> it out. But I, mean, I, know
0: do, I, I used to do. Um, well, I was doing mostly extra work. I never had a gr- great principal part, and I did great mm-hmm. part. But um, but I'd be like, okay, just tell me where to stand. And I'm good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. tell me where to stand when
0: I'm in there, and I'm good. This. Yeah. Is- of the good old days when you can you can do anything and they paid you your your thing in an envelope and cash now you got to go and mm-hmm. sign up and do all the stupid stuff so.
1: all the crazy stuff yeah, yeah. Crazy. i still want to do music though um yeah. look um, up project with it, me and Kat Spina
0: yes that's what i was going to uh about okay. uh, i hope you start that group too the gospel group but, uh, but what's your your upcoming project uh with Kat Spina um who sings uh chasing shadows right yes is this the um, the one gospel oriented
1: yes it is
0: Awesome. Tell us about
1: it. Well, I wrote a song called It's Okay to Cry. Mm. And that song is based on um, me knowing Caspina's story um, Mm. and uh, and me knowing my own story of being um, told not to cry, being not allowed to, not being allowed to experience your own pain or feel your own pain. Mm. But, you know, in the Bible, God never said it wasn't okay to cry.
2: Mm.
1: You know, Jesus wept. God never said it was. It, he just said, "Don't sit there, right? You know, walk by faith." Right. You know what I'm saying? But so I wrote that song, and then um, there's another song I wrote um, for Catspina called um, "In Time." Time. Yeah. So, um, but it, yeah, it's 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 um, spiritually oriented. You know what I mean? And it's it's to encourage people. It's not for entertainment. It's actually for educational purposes, and you know, definitely to glorify God and help people.
0: Okay. All right. So, well, what about? Um, do you think that we can fit? I I can't believe the time is going so fast. Do you think uh, a half an hour goes so quick? It's it's amazing to me. Um, do you? Well, that's because we don't have any commercials. And, and <laughs> seriously, real TV, an hour show would be a half an hour. Mm-hmm. So a half an hour show is really, well, half an hour show is a half an hour exactly because we don't have anything to fill it. But mm-hmm. that's good. Um, but, um, but I wanted to ask, uh, as we wrap it up soon, um, do you think we can fit all of our
1: talents in, uh,
0: if we do what God tells us to do?
1: I think so, because as long as we use it, <clears throat> as long as God uses it, when, when you allow him to use it through you and let him take control of it is perfect. Like, um, my father and I had to give the gab,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but he, but God said, I'm gonna use your ability to talk to glorify me and preach the word of God. Hmm. Not to not to kick the Willy Bobo on the corner, you know what I'm saying? Like or right. in, the pool, or in the pool room like we used to do. But um not together, but I'm just saying in our history. <laughs> but um yeah um you can use it when see when when people say well you can't be in the world or do this and be a Christian they're mm-hmm. talking about when you're doing it on the devil's territory, so to speak, where it's for entertainment and exploitation of people, right? And right. where you're doing things where the origin is was never to glorify God. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There are some things in this world that the origin of it was never to give God the glory. You know what I'm saying? We could think of a thousand things that would that would take too long to even. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't believe that God doesn't want you to have a life, it's just that when you when, when we exploit ourselves, mm-hmm. we're hurting, we're hurting the end. I, I looked at I just look at how men and women are treated in the industry. Like they empty themselves and die sad. Yeah. I don't think that's God's will. I don't think, you know what I'm saying? Like I have a lot of rough days preaching. Right. I do. Right. I preach in the streets. I've preached in jail. And when I go into jails and preach, they lock you in the day room. There's no guard in there with you. Mm-hmm. And so I've had people in there that don't believe in God. Right. That of Other religions challenge me. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, God gives me the victory. He's glorified. So I don't go down sad. You know what I'm saying? The way right. the world exploits people. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So they'll take, like I just look at how the world and the industry takes a woman's beauty. Right. Exploits it. Then when it's used up, they throw her to the side. That's cruel. That's the current music business. <laughs> I hate to say it. In mm-hmm. fact,
0: that's definitely the music business. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I tell any young lady entering, you better uh, major, major music business and management. So you know mm-hmm. how to, do your own own game here. Mm-hmm. And be, don't be thinking that you're um like, you can be a Beyonce if you want to, but you better know how to do it yourself uh, literally organically, because mm-hmm. if you don't, you have to go in and feed the beast.
1: Mm-hmm. The beast is real. I worked a couple record labels. I know the beast is very real. Yeah, uh, I, know you, I know your history in, in, in the business. So yeah. I know yep. you know what you're talking about. I yep. know, definitely. Oh. You've probably seen stuff, know stuff. It's crazy.
0: Yep, and, and and I worked on the other side, working in the club. so I mm-hmm. I know a few sides. <laughs> and as a model, you know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying back in the mm-hmm. '80s, uh, mm-hmm. you, you can be um, Naomi Campbell or Beyonce, but you don't pay to be them people. So mm-hmm. it's okay. mm-hmm. I just feel like if it's something, if it's I believe God gives it all talents, and if your mm-hmm. talent is singing or playing instruments and in music or writing or whatever it is, that's fine. You can go to however high you want to go with it. Mm-hmm. As long as you still f- true to what he said. So if he gave it to you as a gift to spread a message, like let's say if I'm suffering, let's say if I suffer from depression, I'm making this up, mm-hmm. uh, and, I, and, I, and I, some of the spirit guides me to write a song. Mm-hmm. That song was was given to me to help other people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. not really about me. But mm-hmm. so, so if I follow that, rather than I go into the label and they say, well, this song is good, but you got to take out the word God. This song is good, but you can't, not that part. This song is good, but not that. Now and see what you did? You don't ruin the whole purpose of what the gift that he gave you. So I mm-hmm. think follow, follow it, you will get more um, King and Countries, uh, Kirk Franklin, Clark Sisters. You know what I'm saying? Yolanda Adams, mm-hmm. people that are talented, but still still following their gift and helping people figure this out. Because life is tough.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you, you know what? I always tell people, God doesn't exploit you. Nope. You know what I'm saying? He makes you an instrument of his glory, which exactly. means you trying to In order for a light to shine through you, mm-hmm. um, you can't be being abused or, right. or mistreated by God. Right. People may, but um, but God never exploits a human being. You know what yep. I'm saying? Like you pay for fame here. You know what I'm saying? You pay for it. And I've had people tell me, why don't you rap about the streets? why don't you rap about you know females how come you don't have no females on your album cover right and i was like um because i don't want to exploit people but um when we do things god's way even when we don't understand it Mm. we are are blessed we are blessed god's standard standard is necessary because it has there has to be a difference anybody can blend in yes you know what i'm saying and that's the problem with a lot of people that saying they love god you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying in in music and politics everywhere on tv but your life has to go along with what you're saying like even the album you heard at the time and this is before i was in ministry but when i was talking about uplifting people i was a counselor at that time i was working in human services um and so my music was coming from a real place because i was working with addicts and broken families right i saw the pain i was writing about
0: right well well, um, I'm gonna um I was gonna take a couple of comments, I was gonna read, and then I have one last question for you. And I want to talk about your wife briefly, um, your lovely wife. Um, just a quick uh note to her, because uh she's fabulous. Um, so so T Storm said, Your gift should always be used, but do not forget to be pleasing unto God while you use it. I like that. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Steve. Thank you very much. And hiya to everybody out there. We're just trying to get to a, a few comments here. Betty, um, not Betty. Sorry, Betty. Hi, Betty. Uh, Emma says, be true to you. That's, uh, that's a fact. Be true to you. Who else? Um, somebody had one more comment. Um, oh, T has said, that goes to show you that you are a human being being created by God and you will experience things like the average human being. That's a fact.
2: That is mm-hmm. a fact. Amen. Um, that's I weird that's
0: people say. Yeah. Thank you guys for the comments. Emma says, now you're preaching. <laughs> Thank you, emma uh yeah, no, thank you guys uh for the comments. I appreciate you. uh be true to you is is the is what probably the most one of the most prevalent ones. Thank you, Emma. Thank you mm-hmm. thank you see um so so we're gonna wrap it up real quick but uh first thing I wanted to, to ask you is how did you um find someone even
1: with your yoke your lovely wife? oh man <laughs> this is an amazing story I, mean, I I promise I'll make it brief because I know I talk a lot to. Our names. <laughs> <laughs> um uh well many years ago when, when I was struggling, um I had been in some abusive relationships where I was always getting a heartbroken or whatever. Um I just prayed to God. I was like, God, please, you know, send me a wife, just take control of my life and do what you want with it, you know, formulate it. So um I prayed that prayer. Mm-hmm. I believed God at that time, but then I went and started doing my own thing again. But the God, the, the amazing thing about God is when you pray. If it's in his will, he'll answer your prayer, even if you're not staying on that path.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I was running around, um, I was running around, you know, uh chasing women.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And one day uh well I came out of a building um for you know visiting some people I know, and my wife is sitting outside. So years ago, before I before her and I got together, I used to always try to talk to her, mm-hmm. but she wasn't trying to hear it at the time. But I kid you not. Basically, the message I got from her in short was that God spoke to her about me. Mm. So when I first heard her say that, I was like shocked, like a little nervous. But then I was like, no. And after a while, God sent her into my life. Like every time I was messing up, she was there
2: Mm.
1: and she would help me get it together. And I was like. And for for a minute, I was trying to dodge because I was still trying to do some things that wasn't right. Right, right, right. right, right. One day I was coming out of a place. Doing something I shouldn't have been doing. And who's standing there? Her. Okay. Really? So, yeah. So I went to my father who's you know, who was preaching at the time. And I said, dad, I keep getting this feeling, right? I said, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still running around kind of doing stuff. Mm-hmm. But Keyshawn is my wife. And I said, I keep getting this feeling that Keyshawn is my wife. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I don't want to shock you. Mm-hmm. And then my mother said the same thing. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm going to shock you. Mm-hmm. But God spoke something. And a lot of times, when you're in uh, an ordered body like a, a church and a family, mm-hmm. God will God will speak to you, but then He'll confirm it through the head. Right. And which were my parents, mm-hmm. and it was like they already I knew it, but I mm-hmm. think I was kind of running from it, right? Because right. I always I, I always had a bad habit of trying to solve my emotional pain and my issues with rejection right. through chasing through chasing women. Right. So if it didn't work with this one, it was it was on to the next episode. Right. Right. And God was stopping that. Right. So it, the confirmation came through my family, through mm-hmm. stuff my wife was saying, because God was telling on me. He <laughs> told her, God told her my issues. I was so embarrassed, <laughs> but he told her. <laughs> so that was another way I knew it too. I was like, wait, only only a woman of God that's supposed to be in my life could know that, because I would never tell nobody that. Right, right, knew, right, I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> that was scary. That's awesome, though. It's so awesome to meet somebody
0: that's, you're, that's that's that you're even with and they get you, you know, mm-hmm. it, it makes it a little bit less uh, difficult for your work, especially yes, she's in, wonderful. She's wonderful. I know. I can imagine. I can totally mm-hmm. imagine. Uh, and, and if God sent her, she has to be perfect, pretty much. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> so that's the best part. It's like you didn't even pick her. She picked you. God picked her, you know, so. We yeah, know yeah. So well, before we go, um, what advice would you give to someone called uh, called by uh, called by God, um, so young as yourself? What advice would you give to someone?
1: Young as me? I, well, I ain't as young as I once was. was but, <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: really? You're not? You're younger than me. A lot younger than me. No, I'm in my 40s. You're younger than me. I just I, got a lot
1: younger than me. Oh, okay. I thought I was older than you. For...
0: <laughs> no, no, no. You look,
1: you look younger. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
0: That's a oh. DNA.
1: Okay. <laughs> well, the, the advice that I would give them is fall on your knees. Yes. And surrender. Yes. That's when all the turmoil is going to stop. The challenges is not mm, right. because when you pick up the cross. Right. Believe me, the devil's coming to try to turn you back. He's oh, been trying right. to turn me back ever since with temptation, with frustration. Mm-hmm. Um I tell people all the time, preachers go through it. I get tempted. Right. I, I have fallen. Right. I have. I've made huge mistakes, but I got a good wife that helps me redirect my focus. Like Rich, come on, you you messing up. Right. But but um know that his plan is is inevitable right. in your life. You will only reach true fulfillment mm-hmm. when you answer his call. So my advice would be fall on your knees spiritually and even physically
2: mm-hmm.
1: and answer him. Uh, because there's I- nothing, no matter how tough things get, there's nothing like knowing. One thing God does when you answer his call, he cancels confusion. Mm. Like I know, I know for a fact.
0: That's a sermon.
1: Right. <laughs> I know That's for a, a fact, sermon. right. I know for a fact that I'm supposed to be a minister. I know for a fact that I'm supposed to be in the field of human services, helping others. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I know you actually, you said human resources in the beginning but it's human services. I,
0: oh, I said it so wrong, yeah. I apologize.
1: No, that's okay. Time twisted, yeah, I, I just don't want people to not assume and say, "Hey, you said Absolutely. you, you know." <laughs> Absolutely, thank but, you for the correction yeah. too. Yeah, no, no problem. But um, yeah, that's that would be my advice because, um, he cancels all confusion. Like as you can see in my history, I boxed, yes. uh, acted, uh, I was in, I was a rapper, write comedy. comedy, I did stand up comedy, yes. but I know for a fact,
2: uh huh,
1: God directed me to the field of human services, rebuilding people. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, God, when you answer God's call, He will cancel out confusion. Yes, you, you will know that you mm-hmm. are, no matter how bad the pain gets. When you are called, He will cancel out confusion. Y'all heard it right here. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so thank you so much, Elder yes, thank uh, you. Adamson, Adams Adamson. I appreciate you. Okay. So, much. I was just looking at something. Sorry. Uh, yeah. I sidetracked it. You know I got ADHD.
1: Uh, but you know, I, I do, too. <laughs> we're both like, ah. Oh. I felt so bad because I was talking so much. I was like, oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> it's all good.
1: I was like, I hope I'm not irritating telling you.
0: <laughs> we'll have to talk another time about you doing comedy because I i never knew you did stand-up. That must have been all
1: the years I haven't seen you. Yeah, did you yeah, yeah. up, yeah. matter of fact, my producer's brother uh-huh. um, was friends with Capone. The okay. Comedian, Capone. And they, they had a show they was doing up here in New Rochelle, and that's how I got in.
0: Oh, wow. See, you are a man of many talents. But I thank you so much. Um, guys, you've been watching On the Town with Tanya. Uh, this is our guest, Elder Richard Addison II. So thank you so much for taking the time to come see us. Uh, let us know if that gospel album comes out uh, yeah. or a song or a single, however you do it, let us know. Um, yeah. We appreciate you for being on the show.
1: Yes, thank you so okay? much. All yeah. right,
0: guys. So, guys, we will see you all uh, on Thursday for Tanya's Living Room Chat. Uh, And if anybody out there suffering from anxiety, I I got a great person for you that does awesome, awesome sessions. So just let me know. Inbox me. All right. Mm -hmm. Until Mm -hmm. next week. Bye. Thank you. God bless you. All right. Bye.